Today is the second day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's fantastic to be here with you today. I hope everybody is getting acclimated to the journey that we are on and that your accommodations are satisfactory here around the global campfire as we make this journey. This is our second step of 365 steps. And they go by pretty fast. We're here at step two, and it seems like a long journey, but wow, it's like we'll be at step 90, then we'll be at step 180 and be halfway through, and we'll wonder where the time went. So it's great to be here at the beginning of the journey. Fantastic that we are underway. I'm excited for the next step forward. And today that will lead us back into the book of Genesis. We're at the beginning. And we will read Genesis chapters 3 and 4 today. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruits, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. 
By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had sexual relations with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain founded a city, which he named Enoch, after his son. Enoch had a son named Erad. Erad became the father of Mahujael. Mahujael became the father of Methusael. Methusael became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raise livestock and live in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, 
the first of all who play the harp and flutes. Lamech's other wife, Zilla, gave birth to a son named Tubal Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain had a sister named Neama. One day, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zilla, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Okay, so this is day two of our journey, and we're just getting moved into all of the different territory that we are moving through in the Bible right now. And so when we began yesterday, we started the Old Testament in Genesis. We started the New Testament in Matthew, and we also started the Psalms and Proverbs so let's just talk about Matthew before we get into it today. Just get oriented there. The Gospel of Matthew is one of a grouping of books in the New Testament known as the Gospels. And there are four of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each of these Gospels give us an accounting of the life of Jesus, who is our Savior. Matthew was one of the twelve apostles. So he had first-hand knowledge of, of what he was witnessing to and the events that he, he recorded. Matthew, as we're told, was a tax collector, and so he was not a liked person. We'll see that in, in the New Testament, that the tax collectors were known as heathens and socially outcast, mostly because the way it worked in those days is that well, the tax collectors, they felt like betrayers of their people. So this is the Roman Empire in the first century. And we'll get to kind of know the time because we're moving through this time as we move through the New Testament. We're in the first century. And so the land that we're kind of parachuting into to observe the Gospels is the ancient land of the Israelite people, the Hebrew people. But at this point, it's part of the Roman Empire. And so they are under Roman rule and they are Hebrew people that are separatists. And so they are separated, but they're also kind of ostracized. They're in the margins. It's very easy to persecute them. They're considered uh, less than standard. They're not citizens of the empire. And so there's a lot of persecution that happens. And taxes being collected from these people was one of the jobs. And so if a person had a bunch of money, they could buy a license from the Roman government to collect taxes. And then they would hire people to go actually get the money. And those people who went and got the money could, you know, pad what was owed a little bit and line their own pockets. And so they were just considered betrayers of their own people. This is somebody that Jesus chose to be really, really close to him. And when Jesus called Matthew, he left everything. So from that perspective, this is a person who's writing that gave up the life that they knew that, that was stable and perhaps lucrative 
and exchanged it for a huge leap of faith to follow somebody that you believe was the son of God. And so that's what we're reading when we read Matthew. Most scholars think this this is dated somewhere maybe 60s AD-ish. And it's very much a Jewish book. It's very much aimed at Hebrew people. So when we're, we're reading the Torah right now, when we read the Old Testament, we're reading the Hebrew scriptures. Matthew quotes the Old Testament more than any other, other gospel does. And it's definitely, like we'll see this, it's definitely coming from the point of view that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies that were expected, that he was the expected one, the Messiah, the Savior, the anointed one. He was expected and he fulfilled these prophecies and that proves him to be who he is. And we'll see that Matthew works really hard. We see Jesus fulfilling a lot of prophecies, but we'll get to know Jesus. And this is what we've come for, to get to know Jesus, to understand who he was, what he said, what he did. What was his personality like? What was his style like? In the Gospel of Matthew, we'll find 20 parables and we'll see that Jesus uses this kind of teaching method that was very much a rabbinical tradition to use parables that would illustrate a much deeper meaning. So you can hear a story and put yourself in the position and then allow it to sink into your heart and see this, this, this symbolism. And it's so rich and deep with meaning. And it, it creates this sense of emotion or feeling that is beyond just the words. And we'll see Jesus teaching that way. And it's beautiful. And then we will also see in the Gospel of Matthew these rumblings that we will continue to hear of rumblings of something called the kingdom of heaven, something that was coming, something that was already here, something that was happening now. And Jesus is the king of this kingdom. And so today we read from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 13 through 3, verse 6. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. 
But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Psalm 2 Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal Son, or He will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities, for His anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in Him! Proverbs 1, 7-9 Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Okay, so today, as we read in the book of Genesis, we watched one of the saddest stories play out in all of the Bible. And this story is known as the fall of mankind. And it actually shapes the trajectory of the rest of the Bible. So we've encountered a story right at the beginning of a larger story. And it will play out that we will see God's willingness to come here in person as Jesus to rescue creation 
So in the Garden of Eden, we read today, God offered Adam and Eve the tree of life. And he told them that they could not eat from a tree known as the knowledge of good and evil. And it's kind of easy to wonder, like, what's the point of, of prohibiting? Why, why keep something away from them and even give them this option? But that tree gives us a pretty incredible picture of how deeply God is invested in an actual first-person relationship with us. Because, well, I mean, we've been in the world. You can, you can fake love, right? Like you can fake like you love somebody, but actual true love, that's not something can, that can be faked. Like even somebody that's enslaved and is beaten, that, that their behavior can be completely shaped. Authentic and true love is something that is freely offered from someone's heart. And when that love is given, there's a vulnerability that is deep and can really, really hurt us. Love can't be true love if there's no way out of it. And so what we're looking at in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil appears to be that. The option to leave and what we watched was a deception. A deception was hatched. And our ancestors, our first mother and father, dreamed of becoming like God. And they forgot that they already were created in his image. And so they chose to eat. And there were devastating repercussions. And the, the depths of the repercussions are felt in God's own heart in this heartbreaking question that we may have found ourselves asking somebody that we love who has betrayed us. What have you done? That is one of the saddest things we're going to find. And there are some pretty sad things in the Bible, but that's one of the saddest things that we're going to find because lots of us know what it feels like to be betrayed by somebody in some way and have that question why why did you do this what have you done i was naked so i hid was what adam responded and that pretty much tells the whole story right because aren't we all Hiding? Aren't we all wearing the mask that we put on every day called our personality and take it out into the world so that we can get things done? We've been hiding ever since. We see it every day in the way that, that, that we conduct ourselves, the way that we present our best selves while hiding all the broken parts. They had perfection. And a trade was made. There was true love and it was exchanged for knowledge. And if we look at our story as the human species, we've been trying to use that knowledge to make ourselves sovereign. And we're not doing all that great. If we look at our history, we've worked to be, be our own God, but this has not brought us to God back to God or made us God we won't find our way back to God God will bring himself to us and he is 
And that is the story that we are reading as we read the Bible. And so, Father, we thank you for another day, another step. As this all begins to unfold before us, as we begin to find our lives in a greater story, as we find purpose and deeper meaning, and as we challenge all that is false in us because you have invited us to the truth. And so, Holy Spirit, come and lead us into all truth. Plant what we've read into the soil of our lives. And may, when harvest comes in a few months, may the fruit of the Spirit be evident in us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is on base. That is the website. That's where you can find out what's going on around here. There's the Daily Audio Bible app that is available from whatever app store works with your device. Just search for Daily Audio Bible and put the app on your your device. And you've got the best way to go through this and keep track of what you're doing and kind of journal some notes and get connected with the community. So check that out. I mentioned the community section yesterday. Let me tell you about the Daily Audio Bible shop today. There are resources in the Daily Audio Bible Shop that are here just for the community here, resourcing the community to take the journey deeper and wider. So there are a number of things, whether they be fun or wearables, whether they be our line of wind farm coffee we've had for about 15 years now, a bit of a coffee snob. If you're kind of new here, you'll probably pick up on that. I love my coffee. I love my tea. And, uh, but I love my morning coffee as I come in to read and keep it sitting to my left, piping hot, uh, straight from the roasters when we roast this in Colorado. And so all of that's available in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Written resources to take the journey deeper in certain areas, deep dives, music from the Daily Audio Bible, just lots of resources there. So check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. And if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible Thank you with all humility. We cannot do this if we do not do this together. Thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you and I will be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Karen in Florida. Also, Canada American in the prayer request chain. Uh, just listen to the Christmas Day reading and commentary after. And I just wanted to thank Brian and his family. And thank you, Brian, for your commentary. Uh, really spoke to my heart. It's been probably 
one of the hardest Christmas seasons of my life. And uh, I'm just very grateful for your message. It really spoke to my heart and, and helped me to just get my eyes off of the storm and back on to Jesus. So I just wanted to say that thank you. And for anybody else who may be going through something this time of year that's been especially hard, I just pray for you all. Lord, I just pray for all of us, um, including those who are going through a difficult time in their lives. And I just pray, Father, that your comforter, you are the comforter, Lord, and ask you to comfort us right now and help us to keep our eyes on you and not on the storm, knowing that you are in control and that you have a plan and that we can trust in you for everything. I just pray your peace on us, that we would allow your peace that passes understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, DAB family. This is Dr. Bob from Phoenix. Uh, today's uh, December 28th. I just heard on the community prayers a message of despair from our prayer warrior, Junker Treasure. Um, and I just want to reach out because I, I find her prayers always to be very inspiring and so thoughtful. And uh, I'm just so unhappy that uh, the evil one is attacking you as he is with your financial matters and with your car. And I'm sure all of us on this uh, platform feel the same way uh, about you and we all stand with you and pray for your financial stability and that you're gonna have a breakthrough and feel all the blessings from the Lord uh, that he has stored up for you. Um, very similar to my own wife who is constantly under attack for her writings, her, her spiritual uh, writings and her spiritual efforts. Uh, the evil one doesn't wanna give up any any uh, foothold in this world. Now, I'm not the prayer warrior that you are, uh, Junk to Treasure, but please know that I pray for you. I appreciate everything that you you have prayed for over the past year or so, and I'm sure I stand uh, hand to hand with the rest of the DAB community. We pray for your uh, improved situation. We pray for many, many blessings to you throughout this uh, next year and the years to follow. We look forward to hearing all the blessings that you've received. Dr. Bob from Phoenix signing off. God bless you and everyone. This is Rodney in Atlanta. Blessings to you all. I want to pray for the little girl who's in the hospital. I don't know her name. I think it might be little Reese, but she's in the hospital and uh, they don't know what's going on with her. She's been there, I think, with the ICU. But I want to pray that God will touch her body. So, Father, I thank the Lord right now for your healing power for this little girl. I pray, God, that you will touch her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. God, I pray, Lord, you will give the doctors the wisdom and the information in knowing how to bring help to this child. And, God, you can do this all by yourself. 
You don't need the help of the doctor. But Lord, however you do it, we thank you, Lord, for the healing that will take place in this little girl's life. By your stripes, you say we were healed. You said healing belongs to the children of God. So God, I thank you, Lord, for the healing of this little girl right now. I pray, God, for her parents, that you would give them the peace that they need to undergo this situation. Give them the wisdom. And God, send people their way that will minister to them and minister to this little girl. God, I thank you, Lord, right now for your love and for your grace and for your power. Let it be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Pray in his mighty name, in his matchless name, in his marvelous name. It's in the name of Jesus, that powerful name that demons tremble at that name. So, God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray this prayer now in your son's name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, uh, DAB family. Enjoy listening throughout the year, and we believe God for the healing for this little girl. In Jesus' name, peace. This is Messiah's Child. I have been with Daily Audio Bible for eight great years. I love to help people. Recently, I ventured into uncharted waters, resulting in my first time to call and ask for prayers. The person I am trying to help has been arrested incarcerated, now in house arrest, yet permitted to work during daytime hours. The trial date has not yet been established. It appears the victim was angry, caused self-inflicted skull injuries, called the police with misrepresented dramatic information. Police arrived, he was immediately taken to jail. The road has been difficult to endure so grateful that he is growing in the Christian faith. I am asking for prayers that truth will prevail and his walk in the faith will increase. Thank you so much. God bless you for prayer support. God bless Brian, his family, and God bless Daily Audio Bible.